Orange Talk, bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories of an MS Challenge Walk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for another weekly episode of MS Challenge Talk. Welcome to the weekly podcast of MS Challenge Walk, the annual fundraiser that invites 600-plus walkers to trek across Cape Cod and search for a cure for multiple sclerosis. My name is Ken Gagney. I'm your host. For those longtime listeners, I want to issue a quick apology. The audio quality on some parts of the last episode or two were not ideal, and that's because I host another podcast and switching between that show and this show, I misconfigured my computer just a little bit. I figured it out now, and we should be good. For those of you who are missing the full richness of my dulcet tones, my humblest apologies. I hope everybody is doing well with their training and their fundraising. I just delivered my first batch of donations to the MS Society. I sent out my fundraising letters in late May. I've collected a number of checks since then, and I forwarded them to the MS Society in late June. I try to submit my checks at least monthly because if people make donations to me by check, as most of my donors do, and they don't see those checks as being deposited on their next monthly statement, they tend to get a little concerned. What happened to my check? Has it been lost? Why is it still outstanding? So if I do it at least monthly, that gives them a good chance to see a quick return on their deposit. I also try to acknowledge each check I get as I get it. I used to send out individual thank you cards before the walk and then again after the walk, and that proved to be time-consuming and expensive. So now, whenever possible, I email the individual. Just a quick note of thanks. I have some nice stationery that I use in the Apple Mail program. However, if the donor does not have an email address or if the donation is $100 or more, I do still take the time to send out a thank you note. And almost always, I get a nice response back saying, thanks for the thanks. Which could result in an infinite loop, but hasn't yet. Anyway, it is July. We just had a lovely 4th of July holiday. I hope you did too. In this week of MS Challenge Walk, we're going to be talking to some familiar faces. This will actually be the first time I'm interviewing somebody who does not herself have MS, so I'm looking forward to getting that perspective. We'll be getting more diversity of perspectives in future episodes as well, people with spouses or parents with MS. But first, let's turn to Danielle Kemp, coordinator of the walk for the National MS Society, and find out what's going on behind the scenes. A belated happy 4th of July to you, Danielle. Happy 4th to you as well. Did you have a nice holiday? I did. Enjoyed watching the fireworks. See any familiar faces? I did. One of our famous challenge walkers. Um, You might know her as the flag lady because she carries a flag with um, all bandanas from all the years she's walked challenge with people with MS's name on it. Um, Mary Ann Rawlings was at the celebration and got captured by the news, so we posted that to our Challenge Walk Facebook page. So she's famous to more than just the MS Challenge Walk community. Well, she might be famous as the crazy lady with the lots of Fourth of July stuff to other people, but we know her as one of our awesome challenge walkers. <laughs> she certainly knows how to get into the spirit of any occasion. Mm-hmm. So what's new with the walk this week? Well, you guys should all be on the lookout for the travel and information guide. That's going to be posted to the web shortly. For new walkers that haven't seen it before, it contains all the details you need from the weekend, where you're going, where you're parking, what to bring, what we suggest to pack, what's available at the sea camps for you, schedule of the event so you get more than just show up at the green, you know what time and everything. So that's very helpful. You'll find a lot of information there. And also, we're going to be emailing out um, a link to our housing form, which we need all walkers and crew to fill out regardless of whether you're staying at the sea camps or a hotel. If you're staying off-site at a hotel, it helps us plan our shuttle service better. 
you need to be picking a hotel that's on our shuttle service list, but then we know if we need to adjust the schedule of, oh, we have more people staying here, we should have that one run more often or something like that. Is there more information requested on that form than just housing? We call it the housing form. It uh, verifies your emergency contact information as well. It has more than housing. So please, everyone, regardless of where you're staying, Walker and crew, fill that out when the link goes out. And any estimate when that will be? Should be in the next week or so. And where did you say that we can find that travel guide? These links will both be emailed out to all walkers and crew, but the travel and information guide will also be posted on our MS Challenge Walk Cape Cod website under document downloads. Ah. So when they go up, I will post a reminder as well, and we'll probably put it to our Facebook page, but be on the lookout for that stuff. Sounds like it'll be hard to miss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonderful. I look forward to getting that information from you and to you. Sounds great. great. Thanks, Danielle. Of course. So I'm here today with a lovely friend that everybody knows from the MS Challenge Walk, but you're going to look forward to getting to know her better as I am, the flag lady, Marianne Rollins. Hi, Marianne. Hi. How are you? I'm good. So I have seen you stumping along the trail for so many years now. How long have you been doing the MS Challenge Walk? Since it started, 2001. 2002, sorry. So you've been there since the beginning? Since the very beginning, yes. I've heard that the walk has changed a lot in that time. Absolutely. At that very first one, there were only allowed a 1,000 walkers because we were going to be walking from Provincetown to Brewster Cabins. Wow. So, and Provincetown, you know how small that is. And you you had a 1,000 walkers back then? We did. We did. I don't think we've had quite that many since then. No. And as a matter of fact, that first year, it was the very first year... They weren't really prepared, so um, my best friend and I, Pat and I, were walking, and we were probably one of the slowest walkers that we um, ended up being last. So that first day when we got to the halfway point for lunch, we did the normal thing about taking off our shoes and changing our socks and everything like that. But when we got there, uh, they had run out of lunches. They didn't have enough lunches. So they said to us, either keep on walking or wait till the lunches come in. And we decided, well, that's that's a good time for us to rest anyway. So we decided to rest. And meanwhile, the sandwiches came in and we ate. And so we felt energized, kept on walking. And we were only going to do 10 miles that first day. Because we thought, who whoever thought about 50 miles is crazy. Maybe 30 would be more logical, like sure. 10, 10, and 10. So our goal was at 10, at 10 miles, we were going to be done. Then we could go get our cabin, our, our bunks, and we'd be resting. Because we had already done the hard part, was raising the money, which is one of the things we didn't want to do. We didn't want to raise money. So, but like I said, we had such a long rest that we had enough energy to go on. And I think we did another five miles before the next rest stop. And at that one, we were going to, again, stop. But we saw this young man that we all know. He wears a hamburger hat, Ralph. He was my inspiration that year. He was sitting at a picnic table next to ours, and we were talking about getting on the bus and getting back to the cabins and, you know, go rest. And we saw him get up with his two little hand crutches and started walking. And we looked at each other. We didn't even have to say a word. It's like, oh, my God, if he can do it, we certainly could. He was making you look bad. He was making me look pretty bad. So we ended up walking. And those were the longest and hardest five miles because we had to walk through the sand dunes. 
and it was tough. It was very slow and everything. So that's where we met Miss Rhonda, too. Rhonda's been there since then. And Rhonda, we, we could tell she was a hurting puppy. Um, so we walked beside her. We gave her some Advil. We, we helped her with her blisters. And we ended up, the three of us, being the last ones coming in that evening. Ralph was really our inspiration to do the 20 miles. Then when we did it, we thought, Phew, that was nothing. We can do 20 miles tomorrow, too. You know. So if Ralph is what got you to finish the first day, what got you to sign up in the first place? Well, actually, it, I didn't sign up the next year. I haven't walked the 10, the ten years. I, 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 our thing was when we saw these flyers, this was after 9-11, mind you, and I had lost my mom and had lost my ex-husband, and 9-11 happened that year, and we thought our... You know, we we felt like every American. We should do something for America. We should pay back. And both my friend and I's birthday is in September. Hers is September the 11th. Mine's September the 16th. And lo and behold, it was almost like God sent us this message. This flyer comes in for this 50-mile walk. And Pat says, we can do this. Yeah, we should do this. Then she said, we got to raise $1,500. I said, oh, wait a minute. I'm not doing that. I can't go ask people for money. And she said, oh, we can do it. We'll go to Spags. We, you know, we'll do this. We'll do that. She had all these ideas as to how to raise money. And let me tell you, it was hard. We barely made it. But we, we, you made it. We made it that first year. And, oh, and the, the stipulation was, let's just do it every other year. That was the premise. She still holds to that. She walks every other year. Now, I, the next year we were volunteers. We were in the crew, and I was a nurse. And... um I I think I nursed more blisters the three days that I walked the year before than I did the day of being the volunteer nurse. Hmm. And so I said, well, the following year was going to be our, which would have been the third year, was going to be my year of walking. Again, it was painful to do the money raising, but I, I struggled, and we barely made it again. And now I'm like, I really knew the difference between volunteering or being crew versus the walker. And I got more satisfaction and more nursing done while I was walking because I could see people in pain. Although I did walk with the, this is the funny thing about, I'd walk with this stick that, um, it's a Mount Fuji stick that I, I, cli- I had climbed Mount Fuji the year before the walk. And uh, I was, and I had bad hip bursitis as a result of that. So I did, I needed a walking stick. You know, and I think for the first three, three or four years, some people thought I had MS because I walked with this, this stick, this mm-hmm. walking stick. And, and then I decided to add the bandanas. And then, um, every year that I, that people would, um, donate money to me and they would say, please walk for my aunt or please walk for my brother or whoever, I would add their names to my flag. So the first year I had no one I knew with MS, except um, the best man at our wedding. He he ha- he came back after Peace Corps and was diagnosed with MS, but he didn't want anybody to know. So I literally could not say I knew anybody with MS because I had to respect his wishes. But he was the only guy that I knew. And the third year, you know, I told him that I was going to be doing the walk and then I'd, I'd be honored if he would let me mention his name because I, I, I hadn't known no one else. And so he, he said, okay, you know, hesitantly, but he did. He, he let me put his name down. And then that's how I got the idea. I'm walking for, 
for Gary and for Ralph because Ralph was my inspiration. And Gary's the the one person that I knew personally. That so had. their names are on your flags? Every year. You know, after after that first year, you know, Ralph definitely became my inspiration. And then you know Jeannie. Uh, Felton? Felton. Um, she's another inspiration to me. So her name's been there. And, and every year I keep meeting these beautiful people with MS and their families. And so I, I'm just honored to be able to walk for them. I think it's a wonderful thing you do. Yes. I mean, and it's, you know, so many people have a connection to the cause, unfortunately, and they do the walk for their loved ones, and then they do the walk and they meet more loved ones who have MS, and you carry them with you. Absolutely. And I think it's so wonderful to be reminded that there are so many reasons to put one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's people. It's just humans, you know. Yeah. And why they were blessed or cursed with this disease, I don't know. But their families, everybody's involved, you know. It's, it's not just that person affected with the disease. It's everyone. Yeah, it has that ripple effect. Yeah. And you know what? That last day, it's always like a joyful day. It's always like an energetic day because you know it's only 10 miles. And it's nothing by that, you know. You're you're really excited but I always, it never fails. Every year when we get to Hyannis, when those families are there waiting for their loved ones, they walk for them, I always get very touched about that, you know. Yeah, the the very first few years I did the walk, that was very powerful, crossing that line and seeing that even though you're walking with 600 people, it's a lot more than 600 people. Yeah. Who are behind this cause. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the other thing is that they are so grateful. Everyone. Yeah. Thanks you. You know. It's it's just amazing. And it's... it's, And you know what? You're walking with your friend who's walking for their husband or for their brother or uncle, whatever. It doesn't matter that they... um, They're waiting for them at the end. And and that look of, of, of love and beauty, you know. Very powerful. Would you say that's your favorite part of the walk, crossing the finish line? Mm-hmm. I like it all. I like it all. It's a pretty powerful I, weekend. It really is. I like the candlelight ceremony. I like, I like, I like it all. Mm-hmm. I really do, because it, it's it's um, it's people coming together for one purpose, and there's just this extensive amount of love that everybody shares. You know, it doesn't matter if you know that person or not. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, they're all there because they love somebody. You know, mm-hmm. friend or... Well, see, I'm relative. there because I hate MS. <laughs> <laughs> it's hate that brings me to the event. Yeah, that's true. You said that. You're right. And I, I would... I, I guess if, if, if I had a personal touch with it, I guess I would, I would feel the way you do. Well, I think after having done the walk for as long as you have, you must have a personal connection now. Oh, absolutely, I do. And, I, and yes, I do hate it. I do hate the fact that some beautiful people were cursed with this, you know. And some of them are doing well with it, and some of them I may not see again, you know. Yeah, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. But you're there every year. You're pretty reliable. Yeah, I'll be there as long as God lets, gives me two feet to walk with. I'm, I'm two feet and one flag. Oh, eight and a flag, flag with multi. Well, I'm full with uh, 
this is going to be, I, I include that second year because I do, I was there in, in spirit and heart and everything. And, and I, I give credit to the crew because I think they work harder than us walkers. Absolutely. Cause they have to wait to that very last walker comes by. And that was me that first year and the third year. Cause I was, I was in no hurry to finish. I, I was more interested in helping people along the road. And I tried to suggest to, uh, them about what if I became the walking nurse and I wouldn't have to raise 1500? What if I could raise half of it and, and, and I'll be the nurse on the, on the road? And I, I've gotten people off the road. I've let people use my walking stick. I've, uh, helped them get, you know, back to the, to the camp or help them with blisters on the road. And I have them the following year. You're the, you're the lady that helped me. Or, or, or a daughter who vomited because she was dehydrated and I got her off. I mean, I have, I have helped a lot, a lot of people and they remember me for that. So I thought that Emma should let me just raise half of that money and then I could walk forever for them. <laughs> but that's not, that's, that's not their purpose, I'm sure. They need the money. And how do you raise that money? I do a little letter to, um, with a, a request. Um, and my little thing is that, I send a three by five card and a return stamped envelope saying, if you can't give from your pocket, give from your heart. And I ask either send me, um, someone you love one or, or, or a friend who has MS. I'll be happy to and honored to, to walk for them. Or if they want to wish me happy birthday, cause it is my birthday. So I'm doing it as my birthday gift to MS. That's how it initially started. So people can write me a birthday wish. If they want to. So I love receiving my letters, not necessarily for the money. Obviously, I need to get the 1500 in, but because of the little cards that come in. And I have a book that I've saved all these. Oh, that's wonderful. Yep. Um, so I, I appreciate that. That must be very encouraging to get those. It really is. It's, it, you know, I know that some people do online donation. I like to, I like, I like to get it in my hands. I like to see that little, Three by five card with a name or with a little mm-hmm. good luck, you know, you're, you're doing it again or something, mm-hmm. you know, or please walk from my aunt and my cousin, you know. Sometimes people have two family members that are affected with this disease and that's really hard, mm-hmm. you know. When I get my self-addressed stamped envelopes back in the mail and I find that there's both a note and a check included, the first thing I look at is the note. Absolutely. Because I want to see what they had to say. Yes. And then I look at the amount of the check. Yeah. Although at that point, it's almost immaterial. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? I know that they're supporting me and yeah. the amount is irrelevant. That's right. Because everybody donates according to their ability. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. The, absolutely the amount. What it is, you know. If somebody donated a dollar, five dollars. And then I have a couple of people that donate pretty good money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every year. Now they know I'm serious. I think the first couple of years are like, oh, man, she's begging again, you know. But I think, you know, by year five, people know that this, this, I, and you know what? I send it to everyone every time, whether they respond or not, whether I get that envelope back or not, they get another letter in the next year. And then when I do finish the walk, I try to send out uh, a thank you letter with pictures of the walk. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I do that too. I, I spend quite a bit of money doing So you never stop hounding people. Even if they, if they have not donated in oh, years no. and years, oh, you no. still keep asking. Yep. Yep. Doesn't that get discouraging? You know, it's disappointing sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, I figure maybe this year. 
they might change their mind. Maybe they think that they're, they're going to get rid of me by donating. But by that, probably they're not donating because they know they're not going to get rid of me. I don't know which is worse. Maybe I should stop sending it to them. But, hey, who knows? And you never know. And right now the economy is so bad that I can't afford not to send it to them. I used to send self-addressed envelopes to people mm -hmm. every year, and I would keep records of mm -hmm. their donations. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't donate two years in a row, I would remove them from my list mm -hmm. for two reasons. One, to save myself the cost of the stamps. Yeah. And two, because I was getting discouraged. Yeah. I started talking to other people in the MS Society to ask if they had a similar practice, and I would ask them, how many times do you ask them before you take them off your list? And every single person I asked, the answer was, never. Yeah. I never take them off the list. Yeah. No, and I... so I think what I'm going to do now is I'll still send them self-addressed stamped envelopes for those first two years. Mm -hmm. If they don't donate after two years, I'll downgrade them to email. Oh. And then I'll send them emails with a link saying you can donate online. Because mm -hmm. that way emails are very easy to send yeah. and they're very affordable. That's true. Yeah, maybe I should think yeah. about that. Uh-huh. Well, fortunately, I have all the records of all the years, and I know who I've stopped asking. Yeah. And now I can start putting them back on the list. Yep, that's good. That's <laughs> smart thinking. Yeah. I still have mine, too. Every year it's a different notebook that I, that I keep as to who I send out letters to, who I sent the thank you letters to. And uh, I keep my cards, too. Mm -hmm. And you keep yeah. your flags, your bandanas. Oh, yeah. This would be flag 11 this So you, year. you add a new bandana every year? Every year. So it's not just when the old one gets filled up. No, no, no. Because uh, that first two years had nobody's name on it because I didn't have permission from my friend Gary. Mm. You know? And the, like I said, second year I was a nurse. I, I wasn't a walker walker. But I, I've been with the, the organization since mm. day one. And where is that walking pole when you're not on the Cape Cod Rail Trail? Upstairs. Yeah? Yeah. Do you use it throughout the year? No. I only use it for that. Wow. So just three days a year. That's right. Dedicated just to that. But purpose. you know what? There was a lot of wear and tear on that pole. And this year, you know Craig Thorpe? I do know Craig Thorpe of the Blister Buddies. And the Blister Buddies. What a nice man he is. He fixed it for me. He actually put a um, a cap, basically, at the bottom of the pole because hmm. it was... It splintering. Was splintering, yeah. yeah. It wear and tear of it, you know. So I'm looking forward to carrying it this year again and see how... How you know it's, it's going to work? You know, for yeah. another good ten years, I suppose. It'll be like new. And but he's yeah, yeah, and he said if it if something happens, I I will um, replace it. So and this year I'm doing something different with my my bandanas. Every year I would just like either sew one. The first three were sewn together with a ribbon tied to it, and then I started um, uh, safety pin. And, and this past year, the 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 flags were so heavy because one year, remember the year of that uh, hurricane? Mm -hmm. So you know they got wet and everything. So it's heavy that way. So this year, I had to borrow some duct tape from one of the walkers that I um, I room with at the, at the cabins, and that's what helped my my flags together this year. So I have someone making little. A buttonholes on each flag. I've, I've, I've sewn a ribbon to it. Uh, 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 I don't know what you call it, but anyway, a binding thing. And she put in, she's putting um, buttonholes so I can do oh. it more effectively. Great. So it's going to be a brand new flagpole. Great. <laughs> the lady with the new flagpole. Well, the flagpole 
may be replaceable. If it splinters, you can always get a new one, but you are irreplaceable. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad that we're going to be seeing you on the trail this fall. Oh, every year. Glad Willie. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank thanks you. so much for your time, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, Marianne. It was great chatting with you. And what you didn't hear in the podcast was that we recorded that interview immediately after having dinner at her house. Talk about grassroots fundraising, going right to the person's house, engaging with them in their natural environment. <laughs> Thank you, Marianne, and to your chef, Pat. It was a wonderful dinner. Let's take a look at the event calendar this week. We have two events coming up. The one on July 12th is easy to access no matter where you are because it's an online event. Team TWA is having a saving dinner webinar online. If you go to challengeblog.org slash calendar, you'll find the link to go to their webinar with New York Times bestselling author and nutritionist Leanne Ellie. After this 15-minute webinar, you'll be invited to peruse the catalog of saving dinner items. So for those of you who are looking to eat more healthfully, you can make a purchase and 50% of the proceeds will go to Team TWA. Even if you can't attend the webinar on the evening of July 12th at 7 p.m., if you register for the event anyway, you'll be sent a link later to where you can watch the video after the fact. So no reason not to go. Two days later, on July 14th, is a Pizzeria Uno Chicago Bar and Grill fundraiser, or dough raiser as they call it, with Team Anschlein. Just go to the Pizzeria Uno in Hyannis, Massachusetts, anytime between 11.30 a.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on July 14th. Bring the coupon that's posted on the Challenge Blog event calendar. And up to 20% of your check will go to Team Anschland's fundraising for MS Challenge Walk. Such an easy way to raise dough. What's not to love? That's all our events for this week in July. We hope that you're taking advantage of the weather to train and that your fundraising is going well. These are both significant undertakings for anybody engaged in MS Challenge Walk, and we are here to support you 100% of the way. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at ken at challengetalk.org. This has been MS Challenge Talk for the week of July 9th, episode number 10. Thank you very much for listening. Look forward to speaking with you next week. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org. 